0: Welcome to the Oregon Employment Law Series podcast. My name is Florence Mao. I'm an attorney in Ovaltree Deacon's Portland, Oregon office. Joining me today is Paul Serner, who is also an attorney in Ogletree Deacon's Portland, Oregon office. Paul and I focus our practice on representing both public and private employers in employment litigation and counseling. Today, we're going to explore accommodation requests from vaccine mandates, which can be a very tricky area for most employers. Before we get into more specifics about the medical and religious accommodations, um, Paul, what federal and state laws should Oregon employers be aware of when it comes to employee accommodations to mandatory vaccine policies in the workplace?
1: Thank you, Flo. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission recently published pandemic guidance, reiterating that any vaccine requirement must provide for exemptions or other reasonable accommodations for employees who cannot get vaccinated due to a disability or a sincerely held religious belief, practice, or observance, absent an undue hardship. These are protections afforded under the Americans with Disabilities Act, Title VII, and Oregon state law that Oregon employers should familiarize themselves with. The definition of employers under Title VII and the ADA includes both private and public sector employers. An employer is covered under Title VII and the ADA if it has 15 or more employees, including part-time and temporary workers. Some of you listening to this may have less than 15 employees and and think that you don't have to be concerned about these laws, but that's not the case in Oregon, because Oregon state laws have lower thresholds. Uh, Oregon state's disability laws apply to employers who employ six or more persons, and Oregon's anti-discrimination laws protecting sincerely held religious beliefs apply to anyone employing at least one person in the state. So in implementing mandatory vaccination policies, all Oregon employers will be required to consider requests for religious accommodations, and many will be required to consider requests for medical accommodations.
0: How can disparate treatment claims come into play when enforcing a mandatory vaccine policy?
1: That's a great question, Flo. Uh, So disparate impact occurs when policies that appear to be neutral result in a disproportionate impact on a protected group. Um, employers that have a vaccine requirement may face allegations that their requirement has a disparate impact on employees based on their protected class, such as race, color, religion, and so forth. Because some individuals or demographic groups may face greater barriers to receiving a COVID-19 vaccine than others, employers should consider whether certain employees are more likely to be negatively impacted by a vaccination requirement. Uh, It could also be an issue to apply vaccination requirements in a way that treats employees less favorably based on their protected classes. This can include pregnancy, sexual orientation, and even gender identity. And doing so is is gonna be generally forbidden unless there's a legitimate non-discriminatory reason for applying those vaccination requirements in a way that treats employees differently. Because of these disparate impact concerns, Oregon employers may be required to respond to allegations that a facially neutral, non-discriminatory COVID-19 vaccine requirement ends up um, being a disparate impact on on a protected group. When an employer receives a complaint like that, uh, they should consider promptly responding to the complaint and maybe even conducting an assessment to find out whether or not their policy has a disparate impact.
0: And in terms of religious accommodation requests for a vaccine mandate, what are some things employers might be thinking about?
1: Employers might think about the definition of religion in in these laws, and the EEOC has explained that the definition of religion is broad and it protects beliefs with which the employer might not even be familiar with. Uh, The guidance also recommends that employers assume an employee's request for religious accommodation is sincere. If an employee requests an accommodation and an employer is aware of facts that provide some sort of objective basis for questioning, either the religious nature or the sincerity of a particular belief, the employer may be justified in requesting additional supporting information. But it's only in those circumstances where they have those objective facts. So they may want to tread carefully in questioning the sincerity of an employee's religious belief. Also, under Title VII, courts define an undue hardship as having more than minimal cost or burden on the employer. This is a much easier standard for employers to meet than the Americans with Disability Act's undue hardship standard, which applies to requests for accommodations due to a disability. Under the ADA, an undue hardship means a significant difficulty or expense. So evaluating whether there's an undue hardship when it comes to religious requests versus a a disability issue is gonna be a different standard. And a different evaluation that employers need to look at. Some of the things that might be considered under either analysis can include the proportion of employees in the workplace who already are partially or fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and the extent of the employee's contact with non-employees whose vaccination status could be unknown or who may be ineligible for the vaccine. Ultimately, if an employee's request to go unvaccinated cannot be accommodated, Employers may want to determine if the employee has any other rights that apply under state or federal law before taking any adverse action against that employee. Flo, we've been talking about religious accommodations for uh, mandatory vaccine policies, but let's get into the medical side of this, which is the other piece to the puzzle. What are some things for employers to consider when dealing with medical accommodations to a vaccine mandate?
0: Sure, so there are a few things to keep in mind. Uh, First, it is helpful to create a policy or procedure for handling requests for medical and religious accommodations. Um, Because religious and disability uh, exceptions to the vaccine mandate is not unique to the pandemic, many employers likely already have a policy in place to handle accommodation requests. Second, employers might consider training supervisors and managers in how to recognize a request for accommodation and what to do with that information. Remember that an employee who's requesting an accommodation does not need to use magic words like disability or accommodation. So it's important to listen carefully when an employee may be requesting an accommodation. And the third thing that employers should be keeping in mind is that a medical accommodation request, whether related to a vaccine mandate or other medical condition must be kept confidential and kept in a file separate from the employee's personnel file. This includes documentation or other confirmation of the COVID-19 vaccination.
1: Thank you, Flo. And one other thing I want to add is, is that confidential nature also applies to the religious requests. So employers may want to make sure they're following any sort of confidentiality procedures they have when it comes to those requests as well.
0: The employer can ask the employee to provide a medical certification from their health care provider about the nature of the impairment, duration of the need for accommodation, The extent to which impairments conflict with the vaccination mandate. Both the Americans with Disabilities Act and Oregon law require that employers grant an accommodation request unless the accommodation would result in undue hardship on the employer or the employee's condition poses a direct threat to the health and safety of others.
1: So what constitutes a direct threat under the ADA and Oregon state law?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. A direct threat is defined as a significant risk of substantial harm that cannot be eliminated or reduced by re- reasonable accommodation. So making this determination can be broken down into two steps. First, determine if there is a direct threat, and second, if there is, assessing whether a reasonable accommodation would reduce or eliminate that threat. When evaluating whether the employee's requested accommodation constitutes a direct threat, the EEOC recommends employers conduct an individualized assessment of four factors. One is duration of the risk. Two is nature and severity of the potential harm. Three is likelihood that potential harm will occur. And four, imminence of the potential harm. A direct threat could include a determination that an unvaccinated person will expose others to COVID-19 in the workplace. Keep in mind that the direct threat standard is very high and requires the employer to show that the individual poses a significant risk of substantial harm to others and there is no reasonable accommodation. Some of the factors that an employer might think about uh, when determining whether an unvaccinated employee is a direct threat could include the number of vaccinated employees at the worksite, the number of employees wearing masks, the nature of the unvaccinated employee's job, and the physical characteristics of the worksite, like whether there's enough room for social distancing. Seeking input from the employee's supervisor who has knowledge about the job duties and the work site can be helpful to determine the feasibility of a requested accommodation or alternative accommodations.
1: What constitutes an undue hardship under the ADA and Oregon law?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. So undue hardship is a very high standard for an employer to meet under the ADA and Oregon law for disability accommodations. An undue hardship must be based on an assessment of the individual's circumstances, and the employer must show that specific accommodation would cause significant difficulty or expense to the company's overall budget and resources. Because this is a high standard, employers should consider being open-minded, flexible, and even creative about reasonable accommodations. Remember that the employer does not have to approve an employee's requested accommodation if a reasonable alternative exists. Consider documenting every communication, request, and supporting medical information and keeping them in a separate file from the personnel file. Finally, consider reminding managers and supervisors that it is unlawful to disclose that an employee is receiving a reasonable accommodation or to retaliate against an employee for requesting an accommodation.
1: What are some reasonable accommodations that employers can consider for employees who qualify for a religious or a medical accommodation?
0: Yeah, so potential reasonable accommodations could include requiring periodic testing, requiring the the employee to wear a mask, working a staggered shift, making changes in the work environment such as improving the ventilation systems or limiting the contact with other employees and the public, remote work if that that is feasible, or reassigning the employee to a vacant position in a different workspace. Every workspace is different and each job is different, so employers can consider the type of accommodations that work best on a case-by-case basis. And keep in mind that employees who are pregnant may also request job adjustments or exemptions from vaccine mandates under Title VII and Oregon law. This means that pregnant employees may be entitled to the same job modifications and accommodations, such as more frequent or longer breaks, acquiring or modifying equipment, or modifying the work assignment. If a reasonable accommodation exists, an employer cannot require an employee to take protected family or medical leave under the Oregon Family Leave Act or the Family and Medical Leave Act.
1: So accommodations may give rise to some conflict in the workplace since exemptions are not published to other employees. You can easily imagine a situation where an employee gets vaccinated comes into the office and learns that a coworker is working remotely, assuming that that coworker might be unvaccinated and is upset with that scenario. What are some ways that employers can address that conflict in the workplace while maintaining the confidentiality that we talked about earlier?
0: Yeah, so it might be a good idea for employers to start early and start communicating to employees the confidential nature of medical or religious accommodations. Making sure that everybody understands uh, the policy and why it exists. Uh, It can be very helpful for the workplace. I want to thank everybody for joining us for today's podcast. We'll be bringing more podcasts uh, episodes in the future for the Oregon employment law series. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.